0: You're listening to The Pei Chen Show on In Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to the show. Well, we've got like a full buffet in studio because of what's been left over from uh, Ted Wallish and show. I'm sort of pretending to my guests in studio that we always provide this for our guests because radio, as you all know, has a huge budget. Um, So it was a short week for a lot of people. Um, Not for those who are self-employed, I don't think. Like myself, I didn't really think of it as a short week. But I'd love to know what you were doing for Family Day. You can text in 71010 during the show. I'm here until uh, 4 p.m. with you. And um, I know because... I've been talking about this for a few months now, and I've been giving you little updates about the um, the Syrian family that um, my friends and I are sponsoring. Well, they arrived last night, so it was really exciting. We actually got word on Family Day uh, that our family was arriving, so it was really great news for us. We didn't get a lot of notice. Um, We were told that they would fly into Montreal from Lebanon on uh, Thursday evening. They'd be processed with their papers and then they'd arrive at Pearson on Friday. So the group that I'm with is, we're a fairly large group. We're about 30 people with varying levels of um, involvement and uh, we didn't want to overwhelm them with 30 people at the airport like jumping up and down and crying. So a small group uh, went to meet them. So our family that we have uh, sponsored is a mother and four kids. So now we're in the process of just helping them get settled and uh, looking for housing. Housing is tough in this city. Even as someone who has a job, if you've ever looked at the rental vacancies and the prices, you know that it's not like you have a huge selection of places to choose from. So, um, you know, it's just sort of something that our group has Relearned in a way because some of us are homeowners and we didn't realize what rental costs were in the city. But it's going to be it's it's exciting. We're really happy to have them here, and I'll keep you posted along the way as well. Um, coming up later in the show, I know it's it's not the most sexy topic, and I actually replied to the guest by saying this is a really boring topic, but very interesting, and uh, that's about your health insurance and your travel insurance. So if you're lucky enough to have uh, health insurance through your employer, then great. But a lot of people who are, you know, self-employed like myself, we don't really know if it's worth buying our own insurance or like paying out of pocket or what the best ways to go. And I know a lot of people who travel and feel like they can take a risk by not buying travel insurance. In fact, I didn't used to buy travel insurance until like last year because a friend of a friend had something terrible happen to them. So I'll have an insurance expert on the second half of the show. You can text in your questions if you have any questions about uh, health insurance, dental, travel, um, what you're considering, what you might want to want to know. Then you can text. Texting at 71010. And we'll get to that at 3.30. Uh, but my first guess, uh, they're doing something really great for kids in Toronto. And uh, it's, uh, there's a very easy way for you to help them out. So Lana Gay is here with me. She's also a radio host. It's true. And uh, you are with the Good Book Drive Toronto. And Lindsay Timmons, you're with the Children's Book Bank. So welcome yes, and thanks hi. for coming in and enjoying the buffet. I know. It's wonderful. <laughs> I want to take some tabbouleh home with me. You will be taking some tabbouleh home with you. Trust me. You'll take that entire container of tabbouleh home with you you. Um, So let's talk about what the Good Book Drive is, because it's been around for a couple of years in other cities, but this is the first year in Toronto.
2: So a Good Book Drive started a few years ago in Vancouver. I have two friends who who started a storytelling podcast, and someone told a story about uh, an after-school program and how they wanted to build a library, and they were having a a hard time. So these two friends of mine uh, decided to create something called A Good Book Drive, where they ask their friends uh, to buy their favorite children's book and to write a little message on the inside to the next reader to donate to this literacy program. And it just picked up and it spread like wildfire on social media. uh, And it grew and it grew and it grew. And so A Good Book Drive now uh, has, I believe, it's in its fourth year in Vancouver. It launched in Brooklyn last year, as well as Calgary. And uh, I helped out in in Vancouver when I had lived there a few years back. Mm -hmm. And when I moved to Toronto, I thought this would be a really great initiative to bring to this city. There's a need. There's the Children's Book Bank, which is this magical place in Regent Park that uh, does such beautiful work. And it's such a great literacy initiative. So um, this year I went freelance and I thought I'd have a slow freelance February. And I thought this is going <laughs> to be my month right, to do this this initiative. And I met Lindsay at the book bank and uh, and we decided to launch uh,
1: a good book drive Toronto. So we're trying to raise a thousand books. Okay, which seems really reasonable. hmm. Like, it, it's not a daunting number, you know, to, to think that a thousand people will donate one of their favorite kids' books. And and the great thing, too, is that the Children's Book Bank, uh, we were encouraging people to buy new
2: books. Um, because if you think about it, if you were a kid and you're going to bring home a book, wouldn't it be mm-hmm. nice to have a brand new book? Of course. You know, yeah. so we're encouraging people to, to buy new books as well. But the Children's Book Bank takes Gently Used.
1: OK, mm-hmm. so let's. I guess let people know um, the basics, which is that they just, they need to purchase, they purchase a book, mm-hmm. a new one. A, what is sort of the age range in terms of books that you're looking for? Uh, Lindsay, do you want to tell
2: everybody sure, what sure. you need?
3: Uh, we provide books for kids up to age 12. Uh, I guess the most high needs right now would be uh, baby board books, okay. uh, workbooks, dictionaries. Um yeah. So not uh, just
1: reading age, like kids reading ages, but like baby books as well.
3: Right. We probably go through baby books the most.
1: Oh, okay. That's good to know.
3: Yeah. So, um, yeah. and Oh, and if anyone wants to buy uh, Artemis Fowl, that's our currently book of the month, and we have a book club next week. So... <laughs> That's welcome, too. <laughs> so
1: the book, um, the good book drive, or it's mm-hmm. a book, uh, a good book drive.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a lot it's of true. words. It's a lot of words
1: in there. So it works. Uh, people can purchase the book wherever, but there's a couple of drop-off locations. Mm-hmm. That's where they would take the books, right, to donate?
2: Indeed. So it's it's kind of, it's quite simple. You get your favorite book, or you look, you clean off your bookshelves and take some gently used children's books. Twelve and under, and there are fifteen locations in Toronto. Um, coffee shops like uh, Reunion Island, Scooter Girl Toys, and Roncesvalles will match your donation if you buy a book there. Um, Town Barber. So there's fifteen locations. You bring them to a Good Book Box, which mm-hmm. is just an apple crate we got donated from a farmer in. Easy enough. enough. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, inside there's a label. You can write your name on it and why the book matters to you. Stick it on the inside cover. Drop it in the box. So Lindsay, so with
1: the Children's Book Bank, how long hmm. has that been around? Since
3: 2008.
1: And what was the, I guess, the reason for starting that up?
3: Uh, well, the founder, I believe she uh, used to do, run like local book drives with her kids school and eventually thought, you know, uh, food banks are amazing, but wouldn't it be great if there was a book bank, like somewhere where families and low income communities can come and have easy access to books. So, uh, yeah, and it's been a very busy, successful, almost nine years. So.
1: Now, how have you been collecting books or raising funds in, in the years since you've started? Because I have only heard of it because of the the book drive yeah. right now. Uh,
3: well, um, it's very it, – fundraising is very tough. Uh, there's a lot of grant applications. Um, uh, we have a lot of very wonderful monthly donors, but we always need more. That's like our bread and butter. Um But it's mostly individual and corporate and grant foundation type things. Uh, There's no government funding. So, uh, yeah, it's always touch and go, but it's good. (laughs) Now, have you
1: had challenges keeping up with demand
3: in terms of books? Books? Uh, Right now we're actually pretty low. So this book drive is happening at a great time. Um, We do depend on a lot of uh, schools in higher income neighborhoods to run book drives, and that supplies the books for us, but uh, we're nearing the end of the cycle of some of those schools. So it, this is good. It's re- we're refreshing and reaching out to new families that maybe have babies that are now toddlers, that are now in high school that, you know, they're run out of books. So they're, they're going to give us their previous age books, which we're so grateful for.
1: Now, Lana, how did you hear about um, the Children's Book Bank? I mean, if, you know, if you had your friends in Vancouver who had started this book drive and you're like, this is a good idea. We should do this in Toronto. And there's there's a lot of community centers. There's a lot of uh, charities and organizations who would welcome books. But how did you connect with this one?
2: Uh, well, I do live in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I had kind of known about the Children's Book Bank, but it's actually my friends in Vancouver who had made the previous connection. So oh, okay. they, they let me know. And it was really convenient because I walked on in and, <laughs> it was, um, and I was like, hi, I want to do this thing. And they were just like, sure. Um, but it's the most magical place. Imagine the most beautiful uh, children's bookstore in an old house. And just, it, we're talking bookshelves, floor to ceiling. There's toys. There's oh, that's so great. beautiful themed craft artwork. And, and the most amazing thing is if you come in, you have to realize it's hard to actually comprehend that every mm-hmm. book on the shelf a kid can come in and take it home. They can take it off the shelf and bring it home with them for free.
1: So now, do kids have to
3: register? Do they have to be referred through a school, nope. through another service? No? No, it's completely drop-in. Uh, we wanted as little barriers to access as possible. So mm-hmm. there's no registration. There's no proof of address. There's just... You don't have to prove that you need the book. No, no. Right. Uh, so it, it makes it very open, uh, very community-friendly. So we have a lot of different families there. Um They can come in hang out for a couple hours if they don't want to take a book fine but most do Um, but just seeing like sometimes i'm standing there in the store and i can see this view of maybe six different types of families all sitting around reading and taking their time and some parents reading to other parents kids and it's just it's great it's a warm Lovely place. Now, where is
1: the uh, Book Bank? I know we keep saying it's in the Regent Park area. Yeah, but...
3: it's on 350 Berkeley. So it's actually right behind the Parliament uh, Library. So,
1: Which is a great resource yeah. right there. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> you right. can borrow a book. You can go We're next door if you want to take one home. <laughs> We've got a great little literacy hub in Regent Park. <laughs>
1: So uh this is going on until the end of February I guess we should emphasize the fact that there's only 9 more days. To I know.
2: I, I believe we're at our total is around 600 books at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're still hoping to get 400 or more. Okay. Um and so yes until February 29th. So yeah. 1000 books in 29 days. That was the book bank. I feel like we the can the book drive goal. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can
1: absolutely do it. Um the website is a good bookdrive.com. Lana and Lindsay are going to stick around with me after the break. We'll tell you a bit more about how you can help and about some of the programs and some of the kids and families who benefit from the books. I think it's really um, important for people to realize what a difference something as simple as a book can make to mm-hmm. a kid who may not have access to that sort of resource regularly. So you listen to The Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk at 1010. We're coming back with more in just a little bit, but right now we are going to take a look at the roads on this beautiful Saturday with News Talk 1010, Timesaver Traffic.
0: More with Pay Chen on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010.
1: Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. If you want to um, find podcasts of the show, you can always find them online, payChen.com, And you can also find them in iTunes and uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Peichen. Uh, My guest in studio today, Lana Gay, who is also a radio host. Uh, she's with The Good Book Drive, Toronto, and Lindsay Timmins, who is with The Children's Book Bank. So just before the break, we were talking about A Good Book Drive. So... Uh, Just to recap, it's the first year in Toronto, Lana, but your friends had been doing it in Vancouver for a couple of years.
2: Indeed. And it's just a fun initiative to draw attention to amazing literary initiatives for children. Uh, We're trying to raise 1,000 children's books in the month of February and give those donations to the Children's Book Bank.
1: So we were talking in the break. I was like, oh, 1,000. That sounds great. And I, I think it's totally doable. But you've got nine days left and you're at 600 books. Yes. So there are, if people can't get to a drop-off center to to actually physically purchase a book, drop it off, they can make a monetary donation as well? Of
2: course, uh, they can go to thechildrensbookbank.com. Yes. And that, uh, there's a a donation (laughs) link there as well. And I mean, keep in mind, a thousand books, it sounds like a lot, but the Children's Book Bank. Lindsay, I mean, how many do you give away a day? 200. That's a,
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just really floored by that <laughs> because, like if, you know, you're saying that the um, the book bank is like a little cute house in Regent Park. So mm-hmm. I'm just imagining 200 kids a day walking through there or more, but, yeah. you know, 200 of them walk out with a book. It's, so you really need – you you need books.
3: Yeah. So a th- a thousands, like a week's worth of books. Mm-hmm. It gets pretty crowded in there. <laughs> uh, but it's good. It's very busy.
1: So let's tell people a bit more about the programs that you run with the sure. uh, book bank.
3: We have several programs programs uh, we have our readers to leaders program where uh, previous users of the book bank now work weekends as like our junior librarians uh, we have a book of the month club where we meet monthly to talk about our book of the month uh, we have our B3 program where we provide uh, board books to baby wellness checks at local clinics in region park um, yeah lots of program stories for students where we host field trips we host up to five field trips a day so we can do Pretty much five story times a day.
1: (laughs) That's impressive. Yeah. (laughs) And so you rely a lot on volunteers, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So if people did want to donate some time, they could do that?
3: Yeah, yeah. The volunteer commitment is about three hours a week.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I'm familiar with the area because uh, I went to Ryerson and then – at that time, so around Young and Dundas, um, I also volunteered uh, to read at the Cabbage Town Community Mm Centre. And I did that for a year when I was living nearby. And I I wasn't surprised that most of the kids who were there, there are kids who don't often get read to at home Mm -hmm. um, because their families are often new immigrants, so they don't have the English reading skills. And when I saw the tweet about uh, the book drive last week, and I replied right away because I felt so... um, I really related to it because when I was growing up, my parents who immigrated from Taiwan, they just they had very basic English skills. Mm -hmm. So I knew through TV shows and movies that people were supposed to read to their kids Mm -hmm. and read to them at bedtime. And I never got that. So I started school. I remember being like five. And I remember overhearing my teacher telling my parents that I was behind in reading. Mm -hmm. And it frustrated me because uh, I really... I I just, I loved books. I couldn't read them. And I knew that I was in that last reading category because, you know, you used to get like in swimming classes, you're categorized by animals and we were like the lowest animals, So we were the ones who didn't read very well. Uh, But within a few years, I was in the highest reading category. So once I could, once I learned how to read, I was a voracious reader and my parents didn't have a lot of money. So they weren't, um, we didn't go to bookstores, but we did have a library nearby, so Mm -hmm. my mom used to just, I think, to get us out of the house, and this is when it was okay to let your seven-year-old walk blocks by herself and no one would call the police. (laughs) Um, She used to let me take my little brother, and we would go and spend our weekends and our afternoons at the library, and we would drag home bags of books, and because I loved reading and being bossy, I used to force (laughs) him to listen to the books that I wanted to read. So I'd read him Charlotte's Web. I'd read him all the Judy Bloom books, Ramona and Beezus, and all of that. So I'd read them all Little House in the Prairie. He never really enjoyed, but I'd read him the entire series. <laughs> Imagine um, him being like, <laughs> are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, we're going to read a book and this is what it's going to be. And I didn't let him have any say in it. Um, but it was very important to me in my Childhood, because my parents couldn't purchase the book, so we relied on the library. We, mm-hmm. we you know, relied on and that to access books. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had an uncle who never had children, so he treated us very well. And he used to let me go into a bookstore when we visited him in New Brunswick. And he would say, "You can have any book you want." And
0: mm-hmm. I was like,
1: "And once I took out a, <laughs> once I bought a French dic- uh, English dictionary, and it was." Keep in mind, this is probably the early 80s, and at the time it was like $60. I picked the most expensive book, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to read this French-English dictionary. Um, so I really relate to how important this is mm-hmm. for kids uh, who are in low-income areas, and especially mm-hmm. for children who... Um, don't get the reading support at home because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a challenge for them.
2: And remember yeah. that feeling when you had the ability to go pick whatever book you wanted. That's, yes. a, that's a feeling that the kids get when they get to go to the children's book bank. Yeah, And they can go every day if they wanted to. It's Which a
1: is so great. Thing. I love that you don't turn anyone away or that you no. don't limit them. You don't say, well, you were here yesterday.
3: No, <laughs> no. They can come every day. Um, a, a lot of parents do tell us that they're learning English with their kids. So because uh, a lot of picture books are actually printed in a lot of languages. Mm-hmm. So, so they have something that they can compare it to. And uh, we had this great family over the summer that was reading. Um, they came every day and they're participating in our summer reading program with their two young kids. They were uh, three and five. And uh, they came all the way from Scarborough. Wow. Every day wow. to play summer reading bingo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the parents did tell me at the end of the summer that their English skills improved because they spent so much time at the book bank and I was reading them stories and then they were reading their kids stories. And it's a really great feeling. Now, is there a story of an eight-year-old that you can share with us? Yeah, it's actually probably my one of my first uh, little customers that's touched me is uh, maybe the first week on the job Um it was, he was coming in as a part of a field trip and it was his first time at the book bank at uh, eight years old. And he, uh, I, I think he was taking a Curious George early reader, but mm-hmm. he, st- I stamped the book and he wrote his name in the book plate and was so proud of writing his name and then hugged the book and was like walking away so slowly and carefully with the book. And I was like, what's the deal? And he was like, this is my first book ever. Uh. Like I'm tearing up. I'm like, that's, just, that's sad. Yeah, and you know, and he was really holding it like it was the most precious thing he's ever had. So and I, that was the first time that, that has happened, but it's happened many times since.
1: Like I'm actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: and so <laughs> and you well, heard the
1: story. I've heard the story like five times. Yeah. And every time. But I
2: think about myself as an eight-year-old. My mom yeah. would read us, you know, stories before bed. We had. 30, 40 books each, my brother and I. And so I'm just, you know, there's these stories that resonate with you from when you're a child. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about a good book drive is we're asking adults to go back to that moment when they were a kid and think about those books and how important they were and then share them with that eight-year-old who's never had a book. Yeah. And it's just a, it's just a beautiful thing to know that the Children's Book Bank is providing, you know, it's like a, a gift into expanding your imagination and, and owning a book it's just this most it's just the most magical place it seems like a small
1: thing I'm crying because I'm watching Lana crying it's making me <laughs> cry more um, it's, a, it's such a small thing in our lives as adults We're like mm. well it's just it's a, it's a kid's book you know not mm-hmm. a big deal but for, for a child especially mm-hmm. one at eight years old who's never owned a book yeah. you know that means a lot so um, thank you both for coming in and sharing these stories so hopefully it's touched someone at home as well who's <laughs> listening um, and you can find out more information about where to drop off the books at a goodbookdrive.com. And, Lindsay, what's your website? Childrensbookbank.com. Okay, so you can make a monetary donation there as well if you're not able to pick up a book and drop it off. Uh, thank you both so much for coming. <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you. It's the first time I've had a studio full of people crying, but all for a good cause. Uh, we're taking a break here on the Pay Chen Show. We'll be back with more just after this. Uh, you're listening to News Talk 1010. No, yeah, I was going to say time traffic. Not quite yet. We'll be right back after this.
0: Now, back to the Pay Chen Show on in depth radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Well, how often do you buy travel insurance? If you're like most people I know, the answer might be never. do you know how you would cover your expenses if something happened to you while you were away or do you just think it's kind of like, you know, winning the lottery. You don't uh, it's not likely to happen to you. Well, and you should also know what you're looking what to look for when you're shopping for health and dental insurance. It's something that I've been thinking about doing because I am self-employed. So I've got uh, Gavin Prout on the line. He's a VP with Special Benefits Insurance Services. Hi Gavin. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Now, I I am very curious to learn from you this afternoon. Um, So I know that you know a lot about health, dental, travel insurance. And I guess the main thing for me is because I am self-employed and I wasn't for, for many years. I worked for a company where I had, you know, pretty basic health insurance. I had, you know, some dental coverage. I had, you know massage covered up to 500 bucks a year. I had my chiropractic services covered for a few hundred bucks as well, so it was great. And then a couple of years ago, I decided like I'm going to work on my own, but then suddenly I'm shilling out of my pocket for everything and uh, I had never considered purchasing health insurance before. So who needs to think about buying their own health insurance?
0: Well, you know, to put it uh, as precise as I can, anybody who is not covered, Uh, should have some sort of health and dental insurance, um, similar to car insurance if you own a car, um, or house insurance if you own a home. So it's it's those types of things where your body and and, uh, yourself is the most important uh, financial impact you can have, uh, and therefore you should have your biggest investment. So I don't see why you'd take care of your car with auto insurance, but not at the same time, to take care of your body with health and dental insurance.
1: Now, it, I guess, can you give me a rough idea of what basic health insurance might cost?
0: Well, you know, it's 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 difficult uh, to pull numbers out of the air uh, when it comes to health insurance. It's, it's very specific, so it's specific to your age, specific to the number of individuals you'd like to cover, whether it be yourself, uh, say yourself and your spouse, mm-hmm. or even a full family um and it goes right down as to uh specific to the area that you live in. Oh, so, oh, I didn't right know just,
1: that was a factor.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, different provinces, uh we know the government covers some sort of some services in, in particular provinces and others in, a, in other provinces are not covered. So, it all depends on the province that you live in. For example, Ontario, us being mm. Ontario and myself and and yourself I guess, um being from Ontario here, um we have the the highest province uh, pay per province uh, per individual use. So, unfortunately, we're going to be paying a little bit more than, say, the individuals from the East Coast, uh, say Prince Edward Island or Newfoundland or anything like that.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I really didn't know that was one of the factors. Um, So now... Uh, when we are shopping around for health insurance, so I mean, I guess let's just say an individual, like you're you're relatively healthy, um, you're looking for some sort of coverage. What should we be looking for?
0: Well, why don't we use you, Pay, as as an example?
1: I'm a very okay. good example, Gavin. Perfect.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, Pay, hey, without being uh, you know overly amb- 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 rambunctious about this, can I get your age? Uh, thirty nine. Uh, okay, thirty nine. <laughs> okay, so we can be a little bit more specific. That's good. So. Under 44, typically the individuals anywhere between under 44 to one day old, uh, they all cover the same rate. Um, and if you're in Ontario, um, healthy, being uh, not taking any prescription drugs on a regular basis. Now, that kind of, we have three separate plans, uh, or two separate plans in the insurance division here. Um, you have what they call guaranteed acceptance plans, mm-hmm. which means there's no medical questions to follow, no questionnaires to fill out. You, you, you fill out the application. Some have a, a time restriction if you fill without a specific time frame. Uh, others do not. But if you fill the application out, you cannot be denied coverage.
1: I feel like I hear this on, uh, on TV and radio a lot, like these advertisements for, you know, no, that no one gets turned away. You automatically get health coverage.
0: Now, yes, Now, there's uh, so if you do the guaranteed issue portion of it, there once again, you split that into two to make it more convoluted. So mm. you split that into if you're coming off a group plan previously, you fall under one category. If you haven't come off a group plan within 60 days, you fall into another category. So then, you know, you kind of, as you go down, you, you branch off to numerous different areas, different levels, and all of a sudden you figure out which plan is right for you. So with you knowing that you, you weren't a group plan, but you had not come off in a group plan in the past 60 days per se, uh, is, is that... Uh, yeah, no, something? that's true. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, great. So therefore, you wouldn't qualify for one of the guaranteed issue plans. That's all geared towards people who just coming off a group plan.
1: Does that mean like someone who was with an employer for a while, perhaps?
0: Like Ex- Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So now, so basically now you're looking into either being what they call medically underwritten. Mm-hmm. So that means you take the application, you fill it out yourself, you say, do I have this condition? Yes, no, yes, no. There's 15 or 16 different conditions that they look at in questions. Uh, After you fill that application out, you send it in, and then you are either approved or you can be approved with no exclusions, you can be approved with exclusions, or you can be totally not approved. So there's three different areas you can go at. So let's just say for example you had uh high blood pressure because you're working in the radio mm-hmm. and you know, nine to five, even longer on the weekends, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and it's creating a high blood pressure situation for yourself. Now, if you wanted that medically underwritten program, this particular condition, your your high blood pressure would not be covered. Okay. So any prescription drugs you're currently taking for this condition would not be covered as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything else, however, not related to condition would be. So that's basically called an acceptance with an exclusion on high blood pressure. So it's those types of things that people have to be aware of. If they're currently taking prescription drugs and they're not coming off a group plan, typically that would not be covered under individual plans. And that's why we always try to get individuals to get their foot in the door when they are absolutely 100% clean bill of health so they know they have no restrictions on their future and dental program.
1: So I, I think for some people, they might think, well, I'm not going to worry about getting any sort of health insurance until maybe something happens, and then I feel mm-hmm. like I want um, some help in covering whatever those expenses might be. But it doesn't sound like it really
0: works that way. It, it doesn't exactly. It's exactly the way we, we put it towards individuals, put it you know, blatantly. Uh, it's trying to get auto insurance after you've had a car accident. R- oh, and, right. Okay, you that know, makes sense. So you, you've, you've crashed something or, or you have a nick or a scratch. And all of a sudden, you're like, "I'd like that Nick, that Nick fixed." Well, I'm sorry, it's a pre-existing condition, or it's it's already happened before you had the coverage, and therefore we we can unfortunately not cover you for that particular moment in time. However, any conditions in the future, not including that scratch, can be covered.
1: So people should be when, should be looking into getting some sort of health coverage uh, when there really isn't anything wrong. But see, I guess my mindset for many years was. Well, why do I want to pay for this insurance when I'm pretty fine? I might I might as well just, you know, pay when I need to see the eye doctor, pay when I need to get my teeth cleaned, that sort of thing.
0: Yes, and you know what? A lot of people are have the same mindset as you do. Young, healthy, uh they're not looking, you know, they see it as an extra expense they may not be able to afford or may not need at the time. And, you know, insurance is unfortunately just that. It's insurance for the future. It's, it's something for an unforeseen circumstance or situation that occurs. Um, that you're hoping never does. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we know life insurance will eventually pay out. Uh, you're eventually going to die, and, and that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. But with health insurance, you pay for it in hopes you never have to use it. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. But it's not just for individuals who who come across and become sick. As you mentioned earlier, there's dental insurance. Now, mm-hmm. dental is uh, is part of health insurance, but it, it's necessary investment in your teeth and and your full body health.
1: Yeah, well, and Gavin, it's also (laughs) dental, it's really expensive to see the dentist. Uh, Gavin, can you hold on for a few minutes because we're going to take a commercial break, but I'd love to come back and talk a bit more about that and also talk about uh, who needs travel insurance and what to look for when we're shopping around. Is that cool? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. If you've got any questions about uh, health, dental, or travel insurance for Gavin, you can always text in as well. 71010. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Taking a quick break. Back right after this.
0: This is the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we've been talking about health insurance, also we're going to get into dental insurance and uh, travel. I know it's like, it's not really something you sit around and gab about when you catch up with your friends, but it's something that uh, has always been sort of on the back of my mind because I keep thinking, ah, I should look into that because I don't have insurance. And every time I think about it is actually when I go to the dentist because it is so freaking expensive there. So I've got uh, Gavin Prout on the line. He's a VP with Special Benefits Insurance Services. So Gavin, just before the break, we were talking about... Um, health insurance is how it's something that people should consider when they are healthy.
0: Correct.
1: Because yep. you're making a comparison to, to car insurance, which is that uh, you don't really go and buy car insurance after the accident has happened. Exactly. Which exactly. I think is a great analogy. Uh, and now it makes sense to
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope you haven't been in any accidents there, Peg. No, but, uh, I
1: haven't. But so okay. so things like, um, like because, I, like, you know, like I said, if we're going to use me as an example, generally healthy person, uh, you know, 39, uh, no major issues. I, you know, I only go see my family doctor for my annual physical when I need mm-hmm. to see her. But otherwise, nothing big. But I do, I do go to see my dentist and they're always like, okay, we'll see you in six months. And okay. I always say to her... It won't be six months.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, it's going to be a little bit longer than that because I don't feel <laughs> as though I'm going to get my money's worth in six months.
1: Yeah, it's like I'm going to I'm going to stretch this out for a little bit. And that's a few hundred bucks, you know, every time you go for a cleaning and x-rays. Um, so now with dental insurance, is that separate or is that under health insurance?
0: Well, I, I, use, I use a lot of analogies for people to understand how the insurance business works. And, and uh, using health and dental insurance as, say, your typical ice cream sundae. Now you have your basic ice cream. Basic vanilla ice cream. That's what they call the extended health care package. Now every single uh program that anybody offers has an, what they call extended health care. And extended health care is ambulance transportation. A lot of people don't realize that's not paid for by the government. They're, it's they, not? Go, no, exactly. Oh I didn't know. Okay. I, oh, I didn't know. So that. they have ambulance transportation, both uh you know, land and air. Uh they oh. have vision. So your your eyeglasses, your your uh Uh, contact lenses, those types of things the government doesn't take care of. Mm -hmm. Registered therapists, physio, chiropractor, massage therapy, those types of things are covered under what they call extended health care. You're not quite there, but uh, maybe some of your listeners for hearing aids. They can hear you better. Mm -hmm. Um, That's under what they call extended health care.
1: So that's uh, like the basics, right? Like that's
0: the basic. Every plan offers so- some sort of extended health care program. Now you want to get into toppings. You want to get into a uh, you know a chocolate fudge topping. Well, that's going to be your prescription drugs. Oh, so as okay. you get more toppings, the the uh, insurance itself is going to cost a little bit more because mm-hmm. you have you know more bells and more whistles. Um, so you have the chocolate topping. Then you want to get the cherry. Well, the dental insurance is the cherry. So you can pick and choose. A little bit it's not necessarily a la carte because mm-hmm. you always have to have that extended health care attached to either the dental side of things or the prescription drug side of things uh, for the expenses and for the insurance companies to even out on you know their payouts versus their take ins so um the dental insurance it, it cannot be purchased on its own it always has an extended health care program uh, combined with it however um, you know it it's a lot. Less expensive and a little bit more affordable than you think they actually would be. Surprisingly, so. so.
1: And I think it's important to let uh, listeners know that when you're when you say that you have coverage, so let's say even the basic plan. So some of that in, um, includes. Um, like your chiropractor or massage, it's it's up to a certain limit, right? Because that's what I would fa- that's what I kind of found frustrating when I had coverage with my employer for many years. Is I maxed out, but you know, and I would go like, ah, well, I only get two hundred dollars to see my eye doctor. That's not very much because it
0: always costs me more. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and that is true with uh, the difference between what they had the company group plans versus the individual programs. Some companies. They have unlimited. They have unlimited drugs. Oh, where unlimited. are those companies? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, mine doesn't even have that. So those are the 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 very very few and far between. That, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they should be very happy with their benefits. Uh, with the individual side of things, however, they, there's always going to be a cap or a maximum um, that are included in all in all of the uh, particular benefits that are included in the programs. So, you'll know, as an example, you'll have. Different levels of prescription drugs. Um, not trying to promote us, but we have things like three thousand dollars per year. Our next level is five thousand dollars per year. Then the next level is ten thousand dollars per year, and that's the max you could use. Right. So um, being able to to understand the maximums, being able to understand the copays that go along. So how much you have to put in. Uh, per prescription, ours is at twenty ours is eighty percent, so we pay mm-hmm. eighty percent the individual is twenty percent out of pocket. So they have to also calculate that into the expenses right, as well as maybe any deductibles uh, that are offered. So you have to pay five hundred dollars before this even kicks in type of thing. We don't have any plans like that. Mm-hmm. but there are plans out there that have a deductible that you have to max out first before they start paying and on top of that there would be a copay. So people have to be very aware of their expenses, you know, what they're putting into the versus what they're getting out of it and seeing if it really fits their situation properly. No,
1: let's just touch quickly on travel insurance because I've traveled I've traveled a fair amount like probably um more than a lot of people my age, because I don't have kids, so I can kind of get up and go if I want to. And because I have family spread out everywhere, I do travel internationally. Um, and I did not buy travel insurance until last year for the first time. And that was only because I have many friends who are travel writers. So they travel as their job. <laughs> yeah. And I remember one saying to me, dear God, you've never bought travel insurance. And I thought, well, I don't know. i, I, yeah. I I don't see why I need it. Um, But she made me so paranoid that I did buy it through my credit card um, because a lot of cards, I guess, you can Mm -hmm. buy them through your bank and and things like that. So I bought a very basic coverage. I didn't really know. But so um, who needs to be buying travel insurance?
0: Well, I I would put it the same way as as I put health insurance. Anybody who's traveling who does not have uh, travel insurance Mm -hmm. um, should have some sort of travel insurance. Now, um, there are all sorts of different – Areas that people can acquire them. It can be through their credit card, as you had. Some credit cards have travel insurance built in. Um, It could be through CAA, you know, those types of things that are any of the associations that they're under. uh, Those are, you know, particularly uh, they they carry travel insurance uh, companies. They they are all included uh, for the most part, having some sort of travel insurance in their company group plan. Uh, and our, the individual plans, they're all starting to have individual travel insurance included in the in the uh, health and dental plan as well, included under what they call the extended health care program because
1: sometimes but, uh, I the reason why it she sort of flagged it for me, my friend, was uh, sometimes you hear those stories about someone who's gone on a really lovely trip somewhere nice, and something terrible has happened to them. And mm-hmm. we're so used to our you know, universal health care system and having things covered that you sometimes hear about these ridiculous, um, health costs that come out of something like a broken leg in another country.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to put it in perspective, and, and I I've used this for quite a few years, so I know the price has gone up. Um, there was an individual uh, who went down, traveled to Florida, typical mm-hmm. snowbird destination. Uh, they became ill, went to the hospital, uh, received their bill. The bill was an exorbitant amount of money, but things, for example... Uh, putting in perspective a box of Kleenex right. that was opened in there. Not necessarily that they used it all, but The box of Kleenex cost them $55 each. Oh my
1: God, you've got to be kidding me because it I'm was in the
0: kidding. room? Because it was in the room <laughs> that they were in and because they were using the Kleenex, they were charged for it. And that's typically how... Uh, wow. all hospitals work and, and that's why the bills rack up because they're taking they're using your know, lack of a better term hospitals down there are are maxing out and taking advantage of the individuals that are down there yeah say okay well they're traveling they should have travel insurance if they don't well sorry i mean where where on earth is, is a box that's cost 55 dollars? i have no idea I've never yeah I, oh my that gosh they never will but you know travel insurance is definitely it's 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 a necessary unfortunately it is necessary because it provides peace of mind
3: mm-hmm.
0: um you can go on vacation and not have to worry about anything and that's really the driving force it should be the driving force for anybody having everything put in place just in case something were to happen i know i know that i will be taken care of uh financially and travel insurance is definitely has a lot more impact than health and dental insurance does um, you can see bills go up to millions of dollars, as we heard a couple of years wow. ago with that million-dollar baby mm-hmm. that was born in Hawaii. Um, you know, and, and they went down a few uh, a few weeks in advance. Uh, a couple actually, probably I think it was four or five weeks in advance. So it should have been safe. It was a preemie baby came out, cost them nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand dollars. Wow! So it was typically a, a million-dollar baby that it cost them in their insurance. They thought they were covered. And they weren't. And that's the type of individuals, Uh, they did have travel insurance, but at the same time, there was exclusions on their travel insurance that their particular broker, whoever Mm -hmm. they went through, didn't make aware of them. And, And you have to be careful with that as well.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Gavin, uh, thanks for uh, putting the fear of God in me, Uh, but (laughs) very useful uh, information because it's definitely been something that, you know, I just kind of forget about until I get to the dentist and I'm paying my bill. Um, So thanks for the great info, uh, info, Gavin.
0: You're very, very welcome. And anytime you want me to have him back, and you have questions, so I'd be happy to come on back on.
1: Excellent. Thanks so much. That's You're Gavin for... Prouty's with Special Benefits Insurance Services. Uh, thanks for tuning in today, everyone. And it's so nice outside today uh, that I hope you get outdoors at some point, enjoy the sun, enjoy the good weather, because I think we've like actually gone above 10 degrees today. So it's almost summer, and it's a huge difference from last week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. And also just a reminder that uh, The Good Book Drive is still 400 books away from their goal and they want to reach the goal by the end of February. So nine more days. So uh, please consider purchasing a book or making a monetary donation so that uh, kids who love to read but who don't have access to books and who can encourage their love of reading um, are able to have something new to call their own, the website, a good book Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back next Saturday. Have a great weekend.